I once heard a story about a Catholic school teacher who wanted to teach her students uh, an important lesson about forgiveness. So she asked them to bring two items to school one day. The first was a large, sturdy plastic bag. The second was a sack of potatoes in the local grocery store. And for every person they could think of in their lives whom they were refusing to forgive, they were instructed to take one potato out of the sack, put the person's name on it, and then put it in the plastic bag. Well, unfortunately, some of the students ended up with plastic bags that contained several potatoes. I say unfortunately because the teacher then told them they would have to carry the potatoes around with them for one whole week. She said to them, you have to take them with you wherever you go and keep the bag over your shoulder whenever possible. You have to take them with you when you go to visit your friends, when you do your chores, when you play, when you eat. You even have to put them beside your bed when you sleep. Well, as you might imagine, those young people learned a very important lesson about forgiveness. By first learning a very important lesson about the consequences of unforgiveness. Carrying around a sack of potatoes all week made those students feel miserable, which is exactly what unforgiveness does to us when we allow it to enter our hearts and take root there. In addition to being a sin, potentially a very serious one, refusing to forgive other people drags us down mentally and emotionally. As many of you will recall, Jesus made this point in the 18th chapter of Matthew's Gospel when he told a parable about a man who was forgiven a huge amount of debt by his master. Wrote off the entire debt, as millions of dollars. But this guy refused to forgive the debt of a fellow servant who owed him a much smaller amount, just a couple of bucks. When the master found out about the unforgiving servant and what the unforgiving servant had done, the Bible says he handed him over to the torturers until he paid back what he owed. I once heard a preacher mention this text in his sermon, and he commented on it by saying, Do you know what the torturers are? The torturers are things like depression, anger, anxiety, confusion. These are the kinds of things, he said, that literally torture us when we refuse to forgive other people in our lives. Now one person who would certainly agree with this is the prophet, or maybe I should say the reluctant prophet, Jonah. We heard an excerpt from his story in today's first reading. Your assignment for the week, by the way, is to open your Bible sometime during the next seven days and read the rest of the book of Jonah. Read it from its beginning to its end. Father Ray, I don't have time to do that. Yes, you do. The book of Jonah is one of the shortest books in the entire Bible. It's less than three pages in most versions of sacred scripture. And that includes the introduction given by the editor. So everybody has the time to do it. The verses we heard this morning occur in the middle of the book. Here the Lord commands Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and preach a message of repentance. And Jonah goes, we heard a few moments ago, that detail, which he did not do at the beginning of the book when God called him the first time. 
In fact, after he received the initial call from the Lord, Jonah got on the very first boat that he could find that was headed in the opposite direction, away from Nineveh. You say, why is that the case, Father Ray? It's because Jonah hated the Ninevites. That's why. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and Assyria at the time was the arch enemy of Israel. And Jonah knew that God was not only just, he was not only a just God, he was also a merciful and forgiving God. And Jonah had the sneaking suspicion that if he went to the Ninevites and told them to repent, and they actually did repent, he had the sneaking suspicion that God would forgive them and not allow their city to be destroyed. But Jonah wanted the place destroyed. He wanted Nineveh to go up in flames like Sodom and Gomorrah. So he ran away. Actually, he sailed away in that ship headed for Tarshish. God basically said, not so fast, Jonah, and he threw the ship into a terrible storm. Jonah was eventually thrown overboard, swallowed by a gigantic fish, which is sometimes called a whale. He spent three days and three nights in the whale's belly. Then God commanded the creature to spew Jonah up onto the shore, which the creature did. And that's where today's first reading picks up the story. Well, it said, okay, Jonah, let's try this one more time. Go to the people of Nineveh. Tell them unless they repent in 40 days, they're going to be destroyed. Now, to his credit, Jonah did learn his lesson. He learned it was probably not a good idea to disobey God for a second time. So he went to Nineveh, begrudgingly, but he went. And he delivered the message the Lord told him to deliver. And immediately the whole place converted. I mean, Jonah's the envy of every preacher that's ever mounted a pulpit. I preached for one day, and the whole city repented. Which, of course, was precisely what Jonah did not want to happen. At that point, Jonah allowed the torturers, the torturers that Jesus talks about in Matthew 18, to enter his heart. Full force, especially anger and depression. So Jonah whined, he pouted, he sulked. He told God he had a right to be angry. I don't know where he got that right from, but he insisted he had it. And it got so bad, he eventually prayed for death. He said, Lord, I can't deal with this anymore. Just take me. Take my life. Jonah had the choice between forgiveness and freedom on the one hand, and unforgiveness and torture on the other. And sadly, he chose the latter of those two. In fact, Jonah was more concerned about a dead plant, which died while he was sulking on it, under it one day, than he was about the thousands of people in Nineveh, all of whom would have died had they not repented. The Lord said, and I quote, Jonah, you're concerned over this plant which cost you no labor and which you did not raise. It came up in one night, and in one night it perished. And should I not be concerned over Nineveh, the great city, in which there are over 120,000 persons who cannot distinguish their right hand from their left, not to mention the many cattle? Now that, my brothers and sisters, is where the story ends. What I just read to you are the final words of the book of Jonah, which leaves inquiring minds like mine to wonder what happened. Did Jonah eventually change? Did the Lord eventually soften his heart? Did he finally forgive the Ninevites and free himself from the anger and the depression? 
Or did he stubbornly cling to his unforgiveness and allow the torturers to continue to kill him, slowly but surely from the inside out? The answer is we don't know. The Holy Spirit, through the sacred author of Scripture, hasn't told us. Which I don't think is a mistake or a coincidence. I believe the book of Jonah ends the way it does because God doesn't want us to focus on Jonah's situation all those centuries ago. He wants us to focus on our situation right now. He wants us to read this short but very entertaining story and then reflect on our own lives, on how we're responding to the people who hurt us at work, at school, some other location, even within our own families. You see, whether we realize it or not, my brothers and sisters, the choice Jonah faced all those years ago is the same one we face whenever somebody offends us now. Forgiveness and freedom, or unforgiveness and the torturers. Let's pray at this Mass that making the right choice, the choice to forgive, will always be a lot easier for us than it was for poor old Jonah.